Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Finally, I get to use that sound effect once again. The Arizona Coyotes have been sensed. Welcome back, everyone, to Game Over Ottawa. I'm your host, Maud, and today I've gotten Matt Bosti to join us once again. How are you doing tonight? Hey, can't complain. It's a Sens win. Even if it's against Arizona, a Sens win is a Sens win. So I'm uh, I'm in a good mood. For sure, for sure. Pretty pretty high spirits tonight, I think. I, I think we won't have too much complaining to do about that performance, eh? Yeah. How many shots did we end up with at the end? Something like 40? It's uh, 46, 46. 46. 46 shots in a regulation time game. Like, regardless of the three goals against and a game that shouldn't have been stressful, having some stressful moments. The fact of the matter is, after a couple of lackluster performances, it looks like the Sens really had a uh, had their marching orders to just bring the offense and five goals. That's some offense that has been brought. Mm-hmm, for sure. I do have to say, and maybe we'll get into it a little bit more, that uh, with that big of a shot discrepancy, I'm a little bit annoyed about how it was so close at the end of the game. <laughs> but uh, just small complaints tonight, I'll put it that way. Uh, now, before we get into uh, the full breakdown, just going to thank our sponsor, Sports Interaction. Think you know which way it's going to go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pre-game, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 plus... Please play responsibly. Now, I'm I'm kind of thinking where we should go first here because I feel <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to ask you like who do you think stood out for the Sens most tonight? But if I was answering that question myself, I'm not even sure who I would pick because I feel like it was a generally good team game all around. It yeah, especially after the last couple of games that the Senators have had, it felt like against the Kraken, and uh, I've even forgotten who he played last uh, Nashville. Yeah, Nashville. It re- it felt like it was just the top line trying to perform. So maybe DJ Smith had his little line juggling and just doing some tweaks there, brought a lot of new life. But for me, the big one was Sanderson. Mm. Uh, you look at his shot, his block in the last minute and a half, or I think it was like fifty-five seconds. Uh, that was huge, but he also had two assists. I did have time to look it up between games, but is this his first multi-point night in the NHL? Hmm. Not sure. I, it might be. I think it actually might be, but he had a a solid game kind of all over the place where I think Thomas Shabbat and Zub, uh, they got a little bit, they, they ended up running a lot, mm-hmm. whereas Sandy, you put him out there and he was just a stable force on both sides of the ice. So that was, that was the thing I was the most excited for, but it's like you said, like we got a Broussard goal and a Castellic goal, which that's two depth goals that we haven't had. I knew Castellic was getting it. He has his family there. <laughs> yeah. it, it was, it was in the cards that Casty was going to get one, uh, but it was nice to see Brady get one. And that the Brinkat goal, that was just pure, uh, pure dedication. It is just, it was a game that I wanted to, uh, I was happy to see. Yeah. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Brady was also born in Arizona, right? So kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite his hometown. I know they consider St. Louis home uh, for the Kachuk family, but kind of two hometown kids scoring tonight. It was just kind of fun. Exactly. A little yeah. bit unexpected, especially because it's uh, 
been a long time for for Mark Kasselik, so I was very happy to see him score tonight. And, and like, he's deserved it. He deserved yeah. it. Last few games, he's been trying. Like he hasn't been able to get anything going, but it's it's nice to see him get that off his back. And I I'm sure he's having a having a laugh with his family right now about uh, about that win. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned Sanderson as well with the great yeah. pass on that goal too. I, it's, the worst part is. I kept Sanderson on my bench in uh, fantasy hockey. Oh, no. I, I'm a dedicated fan. Oh my god! I love Sandy's, but it's uh, he doesn't really put up the uh, the fantasy points. So I was like, oh, okay, mm. you know, what? I'll put Pionk in or something like that. And then there he is in there with 14 or 12 or whatever it is there. But That's it was, how it always uh, happens. <laughs> exactly. So you're welcome, everybody. I come on this. I guarantee the Sens win. I got Sandy to have a breakout game with his two points. Uh, I also I think Parker Kelly did a very good job in the mm-hmm. first 30 minutes of just being a little bit of a pain. Like yeah. he got the he got the the Yotes really annoyed with him at like three different occasions. I was and surprised. He was making a lot of energy. Yeah, I was surprised at how angry they were getting uh, right away. And like that 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 penalty that game misconduct that Keller took. Oh my god! What's going on? We have a team with with a whole bunch of players that you're. It's really easy to dislike, but that was Brandstrom. What did Brandstrom do to get a cross check to the neck? Like I can't, I can't imagine our lovely little Eric Brandstrom mouthing off or anything. He's too pure of heart, <laughs> and, and he's out there getting cross checked in the neck. I'm, uh, I'm really glad we won that game because it would have been pretty, pretty embarrassing for the Sens to have lost uh, when uh, Keller was kicked out in the first five minutes. Yeah, I was thinking of pointing out that they had Keller no Keller for the whole game and and they still got three goals still made it close so that <laughs> that was a little rough but uh he, here here's a question do you think that yeah. uh, there will be further discipline for that Keller cross check or do you think the game misconduct is going to be it I think the game misconduct suits it I w- I think it's tricky it wasn't right in his face it was in his neck and I do mm-hmm. think that you do have to look at the fact that Sanders or uh Brandstrom is a shorter guy yeah it makes it it's really kind of if you're tall it wasn't it was a stupid move a game was perfect the five minutes and the game was absolutely perfect thank god we scored on that five minute though because I it's one of those trap penalties if you ask me where if you don't score on that power play the other team gets such a boost that they're gonna come out and uh and start like bringing it to you. So I was glad to see, uh, <laughs> I don't, I didn't even know how that went in the, oh, the, the Broussard goal. Yeah. yeah. It just got a, got a garbage. Yeah. And then speaking of the Broussard goal as well, there was that coach's challenge that I really don't know what the hell they were thinking on that one because, uh, like they, the coaches get to see the replay on their own tablets before they decide to challenge, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And I didn't see, like, there was barely any contact from Broussard at all, and the puck was already in the net by that point. So that that was and a real weird moment. He was pushed in by the player. He was pushed yeah. in by the by the Coyotes player. No, it made absolutely no sense at all. I guess when the league has such a track record of uh, of doing bad yeah. coaches challenges, that might be why they do it. But no, that made no sense. You know, the the rules in your league might be in a little bit of a sad state when people don't know which way calls are going to go. And then the coaches think, well, this doesn't look great for our, for our case, but we might as well just challenge it anyway, just to throw the something out there. Yeah, yeah. The, the Guy Boucher effect that he, he, he did. Uh, well, that was back when it only cost you a timeout and he was always right. just to challenge it because, hey, maybe they'll get it wrong. And then we just use this as a timeout. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was funny. Yeah, very good that we got the power play goal uh, before that because the five on three after that, I feel like it was a, a little bit wasted. And th- I think 
in the first period there, then that was a total of like seven power play minutes with two of the two of it being five on three. So against a team like the Coyotes, I feel like only getting one goal out of that was a little bit rough, but luckily it didn't end up mattering in the end. Although it, it would have been really nice to just uh, break things open there and get like a huge lead early in the game. But it's it's never easy with the Sens, is it? No, no, that's exactly it. It's uh, I want to say I was never in doubt in that game, but it was when <laughs> the third period when I got 4-3, I was like, oh, this, yeah. has, uh, this has some bad vibes to it. But uh, it didn't feel like some of the games that we've had where it felt like the wheels were going to come off at some point and we were just going to lose. And I feel a little bit bad on that third goal because that was a goal that Forsberg is going to want to have back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, or really bad. But uh, he had in that second frame when the Coyotes were absolutely bringing it to the sense for that, like five minutes, he had like three game saving saves that will cross crease blocker save that oh, happened man. right before Ridiculous. the, uh, the bring hit goal. That is that, that changed the game right there. It could have been. Oh, I, absolutely. It would have been two, two. It also gave the Senators such a boost and it frustrated the Coyotes. It, and to bring cats kind of fun, little shoot, get my own rebound, shoot, shoot. Like I, I, it was just a nice little kind of hard work on both sides of the ice uh, that came up with that. Mm-hmm. What I am wondering though is like, I, where, where's your take on the uh, on the Forsberg versus Talbot? Oh, I I keep yeah. flip flopping. Like oh, I I was so happy with Forsberg's game today until that third goal, and then I just see that and it's like, yeah, it, this shouldn't be close right now, but you let that in, and then suddenly you give the other team life, but then. That's the thing with Forsberg is he completely turned the game around in the second period uh, with with that save right before the Dabrinka goal, like we mentioned. So I feel like I feel like in general Talbot is a little more steady, and Forsberg is more like he'll make Chaos. those yeah he'll make those amazing <laughs> saves, and then he might let in a couple softies. I, I remember a game earlier in the season, I think it was the one in Dallas where he had like almost 40 saves, but every goal that went in on him was like a floater from the point. Like, so it's, it, it is weird. It's so weird for me with Forsberg. And then, oh, I should see if I still have this open. Yeah, I saw on Twitter earlier today, someone had posted like uh, the J Fresh uh, advanced stats cards for both the Sens goalies. And uh, despite the fact that Talbot and Forsberg are very close in terms of save percentage and goals against average, uh, Anton Forsberg, for whatever reason, rates way higher in all of these advanced stats. Like pretty much every category. I was category. looking at that, yeah. Which is, it's weird because... Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you think of like accepted or expected saves above goal average, whatever the XS VGA crazy one is, like, you expect a goalie who lets in these floaters to be down on mm-hmm. that. So, it is such a hard goalie to uh, kind of evaluate. Like, do you do you sign? Talbot, if you if you're Pierre, do you sign uh, Talbot? Yeah, as they, your starter, your your one A one B situation next year. For me, I think it comes down to the money because uh, they still need to keep uh, money open for a top four D addition. Uh, but and obviously re-signing Debrinket, uh, hopefully. Yeah. But <laughs> I would ideally like to keep Cam Talbot, but again with the money, I think if you can keep him at around his current salary. Uh, which I think is a little fair. Maybe maybe he could get a little bit of a raise. Then I would be perfectly happy to keep him. And in fact, I would like to see uh, Talbot resigned. But if he's asking for a big raise, like like four or five million uh, average, yeah. I, I wouldn't do that. 
Uh, it, I'm with you on that. Like, if you could keep him in the the three to three five ballpark, I'd do a two year. Because mm-hmm. I I also I'm a goalie weirdo. I love watching goalies. I love crunching the stats. I think that the future of the league is going to be one A one B goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Just because injuries to your if you're putting your ten million dollars in Bobrovsky and he's not great, it, yeah, then you're just, screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like look at Florida right now. If they were getting, uh quality goaltending out of uh out of bob they would be they would be sitting easily in a playoff spot but mm-hmm. instead they're giving up so many goals and so much of his money or so much of the money is tied into that i just saw someone in the chat uh one of the shots which i think you said it was 46 for ottawa yeah that's what they had up on on yahoo they had 46 yeah. for ottawa and 29 for coyotes uh that's a that's a high shooting game mm-hmm. like not just yeah. ottawa that's 76 shots but uh but going going on that do you think uh do you think the sense are looking at dumba there was that intermission piece yeah i was gonna bring that up as well <laughs> i actually uh let me see how it looks here if i pull it up i've got his stat card as well from jfresh <laughs> got it up on the screen here and i just now i'm not an advanced stats expert but i look at these numbers and the and the nice red boxes uh with the low yeah. numbers and i'm not impressed like I feel like Matt Dumba is a player that I just uh, kind of forget about that is still in the league. Like he was a guy who had a lot of pros or a lot of hype as a prospect. And then it just like, he's been okay, I think. But then you look at these stats, like super low ratings for the defensive advanced stats. And I'm just like, is this really the guy that we need? Is that who we want? Yeah. Is that, is that where we're going to, going to be putting some, some, some money towards and especially with the price tag get around him. Mm-hmm. Though, if he has request this bad, maybe you resign him for cheap. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you can get him for four as a reclamation, but no, I don't think I don't think he's the answer because there. I think Bruce talked about that. He said that uh, Pierre was in Minnesota. Uh, yeah, he scouted him in person. Which I, I take everything a grain of salt. There, sometimes it feels like uh, feels like it's. Uh, I don't know. He's he's reporting on things. He doesn't have the same lines he used to into, yeah, into sure. some of the org. I but, do uh, think I, though that if yeah. if uh, if Dorian was actually there scouting Minnesota, then it's probably pretty likely. But what would they want for him? That's that's the thing as well. Is yeah, he's expiring, and he's on a playoff team. So it's a team that you would think would be buying, but they're looking to get rid of him just because they're not going <laughs> to sign him. Like you, you would think they would keep him for the playoff run, but they don't yeah, even care. It, they're like, we don't even need this guy for this year. <laughs> We're going to be better without him. Yeah, so so. <laughs> I don't know how much I don't know how much they can ask for him in a trade in that scenario when you're like, oh, we're trying to make the playoffs, but uh, we don't want this top four D anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's it's weird. And then who who do we fling back at him? Zaitsev? They can they uh, yeah. can plug and play maybe, but oh no. Uh, could you imagine? <laughs> could you imagine if Zaitsev ended up on a playoff team? This oh, it, I want I want Zaitsev to get a cup ring so that <laughs> Luke Shen. Zaitsev, if Edmonton ever wins, Cody Cece. I just want to be able to have like a team of these defensemen that have always been like absolutely roasted by their teams. Yeah, their, did, uh, on on the cup. Did you mention? I blanked out when you said the names there, but did you mention David Runblad as well? No, the Stanley <laughs> Cup champion David Runblad. We had him as well. I forgot about that. Do you remember that Runblad uh, hype? That yeah. Might- I that remember was... he had this stretch pass in his rookie season to Colin Greening for a breakaway. 
<laughs> I, I can't remember what team it was against, but I remember the highlight of that just burned into my so memory. Good. It was like, this guy's going to be so sick. But... Well, and, well, and we essentially traded Tarasenko for him, too, which mm-hmm. is the funniest part. Yeah. And we got Taurus in the end, so we'll, you we'll can't really it. complain. Yeah. Is a, but is good after we traded him, I remember I watched the a YouTube video of David Runblad highlights from the Swedish Elite League set to like <laughs> some song called Magic Number no. 7. That oh was my horrible. God. And I would watch it like at least once a week because I was like, oh, this guy's going to be the best in the league. Who, we don't need Eric Carlson. We got David Runblad coming up, and he just turned into what a weird stretch. Nikita Filatov, Runblad, yeah, Filatov. Uh, oh my God, CC Cowan. So many of these these high ranked players on the sets that were just so so unfun. Mm-hmm. I feel like Runblad's <laughs> hype was what we expected Carlson to be, and then no one was expecting Carlson to do much, and then he just like yeah. stole Runblad's hype, and then it was like we don't need this guy anymore. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here. Mm-hmm. Which uh, that that was a it was a weird time to be a Senators fan was the I, I say the 2010s because the lowest of lows and the highest of highs kind of kind of a weird roller coaster. But I don't get that vibe from this team. I, yeah. I, I want to know if, if you have the same feeling. Like, I know that we've had the ups and downs of the season, but just kind of the way that the team handles themselves. And it feels like the core of the team and all of the all of the players kind of have the same goal. Mm-hmm. And they understand, like, they're they're pushing for it. Was it, I, who was the second period interview? Oh, I, I missed it. I honestly have no yeah, clue. That, that's okay. I can't remember who it was. It, it might have been Giroux. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was someone they were talking about how every game before every game, they're looking at the standings. They're looking to see where they can make their gains, where they can get their points and push for it, which I think is a good way of going about it. They want to try and make the playoffs. They want to be in the pack, but they're not talking about like, okay, we just have to buckle down. It really feels like there's a team buy-in from top to bottom mm-hmm. uh, that has done a lot of work into changing the culture and, making Pierre Dorian's we're, we're a team sound by actually make them a team. Yeah, I, I definitely think they are a team. Both They're in, a team. Both in the literal sense and in terms of what you're saying. Like, it seems like a very, uh, a very close group. And I feel like they don't get too hard on themselves uh, when things are going rough. They they seem to be able to keep keep things lighthearted enough that uh, they can keep focus and be able to bounce back from rough stretches. Because those last two games were completely oh. horrible. But they managed to, I, I to will do admit- decent enough tonight. That Seattle game was the first time I've ever left a game more than like 10 seconds early. Like I will, I, I used to stay for the three stars, even mm-hmm. if we lost, uh, I left on the seventh goal. Uh, and Ooh. as I was leaving, as I was leaving, we heard the, uh, the Timmy Stu, uh, oh, you, trick you missed goal. the third goal. Missed I know. Third goal. Oh I know. My God. Like, I was like, uh, but I was like, no, let's just let's let's not wait. The, yeah, the you've already you've already committed to leaving, so at that point yeah. you can't turn around. Just you just <laughs> so, look look at the replay on one of those screens on the way. Out it was right in the front. I was like, oh, that's a good yeah. goal. And I was like, there do you we go. go back in? But here's the thing: I thought, do we go back in? Are the sets gonna come back? And then I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. There's still three more goals, and then we got scored on. At, at least the team can give you the slight bit of hope that when you saw that goal, you're like. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Well, it's not completely done yet. I think I've seen five games already this year, and I think only one win. Oh, but wow. Every, yeah, I know. I'm bad luck. I'm bad luck in <laughs> you, person, but good, good luck, luck on here. here. Yeah, you got to stay weird. here and not go in person, I guess. Uh, but every single game except for the other one, it was super close. Mm-hmm. Like Even if the game didn't start out well, they would have a third period that just made it seem like they really, really, really wanted to win. But that yeah. Seattle game, that was a cursed game. It, the Senators were kissed by a witch. That that, that whole crazy. thing, 
It was it well how it was eight goals against all at even strength mm-hmm. on like twenty three shots. The ice was garbage. I've never seen ice that bad. Like they would flip the puck, it would go all over. Yeah, yeah, Dolph Ziggler, the wrestler, just running around whipping t-shirts. Oh at yeah, people. wrestling night. <laughs> it was, it was, it was just a weird old thing. I there's also something I don't know. When I go to a hockey game, it's an event. It's a theme night. Mm-hmm. So the wrestling night, I'm going to the the country night. I saw a game before Christmas. They had a terrible Christmas band in there. Oh wow! And, yeah, and I, I don't. I bought these tickets back in August. I didn't know what yeah, was going on, but flute. somehow. Damn. Yeah, yeah, I'm getting the weird theme nights. It's, it's always an event when you're there, I guess, and yeah. and always losses that's bossy, for the sense, Apparently, yeah, <laughs> we beat Montreal, and that's all that matters. I'll take I'll take a Montreal and Toronto win out of the ticket package I got, and lose the rest just so I can laugh at the fans. In this mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about. I know I I keep asking you questions, which that's all good, all good. There, what's your take on Mullet Arena that oh. everyone talks about? It. Everyone goes all over the place. Yeah, so in the off season when everything was leading up to this being the case where like they had to like this was their only option, right? When when it yeah. was pretty much getting confirmed that they had to play in this arena, I thought it was pretty much a joke, like pretty much an embarrassment to the league that you have a franchise <laughs> in this situation. Um but I mean, it doesn't look like it's been that much of a disaster in reality. Although although I do have to mention like there was empty seats tonight. And I saw that it's yeah. only a 5,000 seat arena. So it's like, are they really, I haven't seen like their attendance. If every game is a sellout or what, but like, are they really not selling out? In the I 5, know the tickets seats? are, th- so they have a student section where tickets right. are affordable for the students. I know some of the other places they're insane. Like I like first bowl tickets are like 350 bucks or something absolutely wild for a Phoenix Coyotes game because mm-hmm. or an Arizona Coyotes game. Uh, I would never pay that, but maybe just they think because of the limited there. So I wouldn't be surprised. Ottawa's not a draw. Like if you if you go to Arizona and you ask them about Ottawa in general, they're they're gonna have no clue who we are. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we haven't been good in about a five years or really 10 years so these passive hockey fans aren't going to be like oh i gotta see the sends mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta start winning some playoff series before we can be a, an away draw on that but i w- i just think it looks kind of fun like it i would was, be fun I, to be there yeah like i would I, I think at one season is fine or something like that but like if the senators had a game in like like belleville and they were mm-hmm. playing the belleville arena which i think is only like three thousand or 4,000 people, I would absolutely go because it the energy just seems wild with how small the place is and how close you are. I think it would be a lot. I think that it's a good opportunity for people to feel that up-close hockey. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think three years of this, the second year and third year will seem a lot less fun to me, but mm-hmm. luckily we're not watching there. Camera quality was good. I was worried that it yeah. was going to be like Florida's awful, like you're looking at the plane uh yeah just way up of from ice above the oh i idea. hate that hate that one i do have to say like i think the position of the camera was pretty good but i don't know if it was just me but whenever there was a any play near the crease or in behind the net i found myself like squinting like i could not see what was happening so i wonder if maybe they just I actually yeah that more. might be true <laughs> that, that was the one thing that that kind of bothered me about watching in this arena tonight it was specifically that but other than that when the puck was in like the neutral zone or like at the blue line in that you're right the camera placement is still pretty good considering like they probably didn't have much options it's like it, the arena is so small it's like okay you have to put the camera here there's nowhere else to put it like 
no other options. Uh, oh, I had something on my tip of my tongue. I forgot. Oh, I was just going to say it was funny when they tracked uh, how far the senator's dressing room is and oh. they have to go through like five different hallways. Yeah, I I missed that part, but I remember at the beginning of the season they had to like uh, they had the makeshift dressing rooms, it. and then they yeah. had to build the new one. So, what what was the situation with the new one? Like it's super far away. It's it's like it's like an offsite. Like they oh. have to like walk from like it's like a like an annex, like an it's extra like, little building. It's on like the on side. the campus yeah. separately. Or yeah, something. exactly. Yeah, which is just oh it's God. funny to me. It's funny to me. But yeah. like you look at some of these other arenas and it's like, I don't, I like the saddle dome is such a decrepit piece of garbage. It's like at least Mullen <laughs> yeah. arena has new, a new locker room for people to be able to hang their stuff in. Mm-hmm. Thank God that uh, the coyotes got the new arena approved because it was also funny to me how they were going into this mullet arena venture without having everything actually confirmed <laughs> before. Cause could you imagine if they play a few years in mullet arena and then they don't get a new arena? And yeah, that would have been uh, that would have been real funny to me. Yeah, that would have been a funny, funny moment to uh, to try and uh, try and walk that back, Batman. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a fair point that you made about uh, the Sens not being much of a road draw because I do have to say that uh, pretty much any other time I see Arizona highlights, like it's tons of opposing team fans yeah. down there just all yeah. along the glass and like going crazy <laughs> going crazy when the away team scores uh which we obviously we didn't have that tonight other uh, other yeah. than the uh, the castellic family yeah, which, <laughs> yeah they should have brought more friends probably had to get the tickets but mm-hmm. it's it's also just like ottawa we can throw it back like i don't know anyone in ottawa who goes to arizona all that often yeah, yeah. it's it's not like vegas where you can just hop on a plane for 85 bucks because it's like held down by the the Vegas industry, they subsidize it. It's expensive mm-hmm. to go there, kind of thing. But it would it would be cool. I'd love to. I if if anyone watching this next year wants to take me to the the Mullet Arena, I will go and I will act a fool there. Oh I will be God. politely asked to never come back, and I will be banned from all U.S. college campuses <laughs> uh, if I get to go to a game at the Mullet Arena. I got I got the hair hair to back it up. Yeah, you'll have the mullet ready to go. Eh? <laughs> always, always. Maybe we'll have to have a bit of a, a game over trip down to Mullet Arena next year. <laughs> oh, I, I love the idea. I'll, uh, I'll start fundraising now. I'll Hell cut yeah. a chicken in half for 20 bucks and then uh, <laughs> we'll see how far we get. Yeah. I, I did notice as well, like I quickly looked up uh, the capacity of the arena and then like average attendance. And according to Hockey TV, like the average attendance at Mullet Arena is exactly their capacity. So I think they were, they are selling out every game. Maybe it was just like some That's good. sold seats or people didn't show up at all tonight or something like that. So season ticket holders who are like, it's a goddamn yeah. uh, Thursday night. They're, they don't even know where <laughs> Ottawa know is. Senator. Yeah. I'm staying home. Kind of, I kind of vibe, which again, 40 games like i i have a partial ticket package and it's like 11 games all said and done and that's the perfect amount like i'll go for for people who like more but like if i was seeing every single home game on a homestand and by the end of it i would just be like i can't yeah i can't see the inside of the ctc again it's a lot of the water's cold yeah exactly to go to a lot of games (laughs) in a row like that even just later this year i have tickets for like two back-to-back games and i'm like damn two two nights in a row going out to the ctc like it'll be very fun but i'm also like i kind of like having my uh my visits to the arena a little bit spread out 
Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I, I found. I tried to do one a month and then I, I staggered a couple extra ones in the end, just in case we were on a playoff hunt. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. one of the tickets to the Carolina game at the end of the year. And I have seen Carolina like 50 times. I don't know why. If I ever win tickets, it's always Carolina. Huh. But it's like, well, it's the last game of the season. What if it's the one to get in? Uh, is it the Detroit back to back that you have uh, tickets to on, at the end uh, of February? So I think there's a day in between. It's uh, Edmonton visits and then Calgary visits, and there's a day. Oh, in that's between. not bad. So that's not bad. Yeah, but yeah, the day in between, like it, it, especially if we lose that first game and it's like trash oh, yeah. or something, then I'm gonna be like the next game. I'm like, do I really want to go? <laughs> if we if we win the first game, then it'll be like okay, pretty pretty hyped yeah. for the next one. Let's go. Let's go. Shout out uh, McDavid again. Let's let's do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just going to throw it back to the Sens a little bit just before yeah. we end here tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, Bruce Scariach was talking about the Sens potentially being a buyer at the deadline. Do you think that's just because of the Dumba connection? Or do you think do you think they're really trying to make a run at the playoffs? Or do you think... Like, I get that we wouldn't be a major seller because we don't have that many uh, unrestricted free agents who have value. But, like... I, I I don't think we should really be buying anything unless it's someone with term. If a team wants to trade someone with term, but that usually no doesn't rentals. happen at the deadline. Yeah, I I think we're going to make a trade for a defenseman, and mm-hmm. I think the big question is: is it going to be Chikrin or is it going to be uh, is it going to be Dumba? I think Pierre. A problem Pierre has is the pedigree of the past. So many times he'll pull a uh, pull a trade on someone who was good at one point without even thinking: is this yep. going to fit? Will this work? He's like, oh, let's go. It Alex seems like Burrows. Dumba would be that again. And that's exactly who it is. Like Hamannick is the same sort of thing right there. Ron mm-hmm. Hainsey, he does have a value in people who have done it before. Uh, but I'm really hoping it's Chikrin. And watching yeah. Chikrin tonight, like this guy is doing so much with no little. Mm-hmm. Like he is, he is corralling pucks. He's going in. He's the exact player we need. And I think that uh, you don't, I think that, you don't really need to have both Pinto and Grig on yeah, our team. I like them fair. both. I think they're amazing. And if we have the luxury of having a third line and fourth line centers are Pinto and Grig, depending on where they're playing, mm-hmm. that's amazing. They're too good for that. Yeah. So if the, if the, the, the ask is a first Grig or Pinto, I hope it would be Grig just because I think Pinto has a more unique skill set than Grig mm-hmm. in that third line defensive forward. Um, and a second, which I think was floated around on Twitter today, you pull that 100% of the time. For sure. You you just walk down the Mullet Arena. It's not big. You can find the other GM. He's right <laughs> yeah. there. And you just you just shake his hand and you you take him back to your, your locker room and you pop a, you pop champagne on the third Dorian fleece of the year. So yeah, I, I definitely that's my hope, hope. I hope that Dorian talked to uh, to Armstrong tonight, you know, with that that close proximity. <laughs> they must they must have at least discussed something, right? Yeah. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Funny enough, I f- kind of feel like Chikrin is basically the player that Dumba was expected to be, isn't he? Like, super physical and being able to put up points as well and goals as a defenseman. And it's the exact thing we need because mm-hmm. as much as I like uh, Zub and Zub and Shabbat as a pair, I think that we need to swap it out because after those top two, you really lose a lot of the transition game. Brandstrom has a great first pass. The other three down there aren't Great. Sanderson is great, I think, when he has time to set up and pass, but uh, he's still a rookie. Mm-hmm. If you watch him try and take the puck and bring it out of his own zone, there's a lot of sloppiness. But again, it's a rookie. Uh, but Hamannick, Holden, and Zaitsev, 
they're a nightmare. I, I am terrified when they're in front of our net, uh, taking taking a or picking up the puck because I think it's either going to be an icing or they're just going to whip it into the boards and it will just float to nothing. Yeah. So Chukrin is the exact thing. You can put him in anywhere in that top four with any of those partners, and he is going to bring such a dynamic skill set at such a great price. I just don't understand. Just do it. Just do it. I, I think, yeah, I think that's the sticking point is the price. But I, I feel like I feel like when you sit on an asset for so long, I feel like his trade value has to just go down because the thing is at the beginning yeah. of the season, he was three full seasons on his contract at a cheap amount. And now you're halfway two. through one of those. And so and if you get him at the deadline or in the offseason, it's only two on that really good deal. So I, I feel like the, the price would have to be going down a little bit. Yeah, I, I think so. I think absolutely. Well, and I think the first the first mock trade that I heard I saw was like one of Pinto Grieg, our first, a second, and then one of Thompson and JBD and like mm-hmm. then like something like that. I would, like def- I would do that. Well, I would still do that. I would still 100% do it. And if we don't have to get up Thompson or JBD anymore, mm-hmm. yeah, do that 100% of the time. Uh, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. That's what I think that the buying talk kind of amounted to was I think that we will be pulling the trigger on a defenseman because I perused that UFA defenseman list and yeah. it is it's dire sad. Yeah, we are not acquiring uh, like Dumoulin. I, I made a tweet mm. earlier today being like, is Dumoulin good? It's another uh, guy who good. was good and not anymore. Yeah, exactly. And he was never even that good. Like he'd be affordable, but like, yeah, want to do that. And then everyone else is like 37 which I don't, I don't mind one or two things, but we don't need that. Mm-hmm. And there was like Orlov with someone I wouldn't mind, but like it's just, it just nothing there made me excited. Yeah, like Chikrin would do. Exactly. So I say you just friggin' pull that Chikrin, uh, that Chikrin trigger, and you go. Though I think that we're kind of lucky we didn't pull the trigger on Mackenzie Weger because he is struggling. Yeah, struggling this year. He, I think he has like barely 10 points or something like, <laughs> yeah. shocking but yeah i'm definitely with you in terms of chicken still holding out hope for that hopefully not matt dumba although maybe I'll, I'll have to do <laughs> i'll have to do a little bit more looking into his game because i've just looked at the 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 advanced stats briefly and, and, and if it's dumba i i'm gonna have a uh an open mind because sometimes yeah. there's these players who have a few years and then we've seen it happen to ottawa where we trade a player and then they're just head and shoulders better than you'd ever expect him to be. I could see Dumba. I think Dumba is someone who has a lot left in his tank. And I think that maybe the team around him just isn't the team that would work for him. Mm-hmm. Or he has to play way too big of a role. Uh, I also do like the fact that he has been outspoken in the past for a lot of uh, a lot of good lot of community social issues. Yeah. social issues, which I think is really important. And mm-hmm. the fact that the senators are starting to do that more as well. It's like, I would love to have his voice in the locker room. That's a good point. I forgot about all of that. But at the same time, yeah. it's a hockey game. And if he's going to be paid $7 million to be a sixth defenseman, and we already have a couple of those over mm-hmm. the years. So there's some positives. There's some cons. What I would love is uh, Chickren to come over and then he can uh, he can explore Ottawa and maybe he'll, he can get involved in the community as uh, as well. Because isn't Chickren from somewhere? Yeah. Know... There's some local connection, I think, with his dad. I don't yeah, know the specific there... details, though. Because I remember... I remember when there was floated in the off season uh, with Chikrin and it was like, Oh yeah. He, he even mentioned, he's like, Oh, I like Ottawa. I'm mm-hmm. a fan of Ottawa. Yeah, so, like, yeah. 
I remember a quote like that. So yeah. hopefully, fingers crossed for Chikrin. <laughs> hopefully. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight, though. Uh, game Over will be back with Charlie on Saturday night for the game against the Avalanche. Uh, just before we go here, do you think we can beat the Avalanche? I think we can beat the Avalanche. I, I am more confident of Ottawa beating the Avalanche than I would have been of them beating the Kraken or even the Coyotes. Yeah. Because there is something about Ottawa where they're playing one of the better teams in the league that they wake up and they get ready for it and they just snooze. And this does, I don't care who's on the team. This has happened since like 1990 freaking two. Like mm-hmm. it is, for some reason, we love to be bad against bad teams and great against good teams. And that just makes it impossible. Yeah. So hopefully a great game Saturday. Thanks everyone for watching. Leave a like on the video. Subscribe to SDPN. Have a good night, everyone. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.